Hi, and welcome to the Reef Roundup podcast, where we dive into marine conservation stories from around the world. We're your hosts. I'm Graham. And I'm Tamara, and we can't wait to dive into this episode. Join us and meet some of the many amazing people who are doing exciting work to save the ocean for future generations, with a focus on restoration, ecology, and the environment. We hope today's show is a wake-up call, but also brings you both hope and inspiration as you learn about the amazing work that's being done and how you too can be an ocean champion. Let's get started. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Reef Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I am one of your hosts, Graham Patterson. Today we have a fantastic guest on the show, Andrea Godoy, who is the Community Outreach Coordinator and so much more for WASORC. stands for the Whale Shark and Oceanic Research Center, based out of Utila, Honduras. I'm going to let her do a little bit more of an introduction, but Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Like you said, my name is Andrea. I was born and raised in Honduras, in the capital city, Tegucigalpa. That's where I spend most of my life. And then as soon as I graduated college, I pretty much jumped into the diving world and the dive life and marine biology. And that's why I'm here now in Utila. Wonderful. Well, obviously, I've been living here for a couple months. We did a dive instructor program together, which is super cool. So that's how I first first met you. But um, then just kind of been, you know, watching as you work with interns over the last month and just do all of the cool, amazing activities that Wazork is engaged in both with community and then, of course, especially with the ocean here and conservation and just, yeah, to protect all those all those amazing things we find under the water. You gave a little brief introduction regarding, you know, growing up in Honduras, but but how did you first discover your passion for the ocean and get involved with marine biology? So I think that ever since I've been a young child, I have always been obsessed with the ocean. Um, one of my fondest and oldest memories is going to the beach with like my family, all of my family members on the beach. And then just like being in front of this huge body of water. And instead of being intimidated, I was just in awe. I was just a tiny little human in front of this vastness. And I was always curious. I was always, instead of being afraid, like a lot of people can be, and that's often completely understandable. I was always joined by my parents and especially my dad. And he was always like, don't be afraid of the ocean. Like when the waves would like break on our feet, like kids can get scared but he was always like don't be afraid don't be afraid and ever since then I've loved the ocean and as soon as I discovered that I could make a career out of it I was like I am all for that unfortunately here in Honduras we do not have marine biology as a as a career as such so I um, went into college for the closest thing that I could think of and that is biology I loved doing my degree. I love animals. I love nature. I love understanding natural processes. I think that's one of the coolest things that you can study. And then my last years of college, I got to specialize in two areas, which is zoology and aquatic sciences. And with aquatic sciences, I took a diving course, and that's how I got open water certified. And then I did that on Utila, and I just found this little safe haven right in my country and that needs a lot of work and that a lot of things can be done here. We're a whale shark hotspot and stuff. So I was like, there's so much that I can do here. So I just pretty much made a move and then life had its 
magnificent way of finding ways to keep me here. And that's what I've been doing for the past close to two years now. That's amazing. And it's, you know, like, I, I love talking to people who are just so passionate about what they're doing and who have figured out ways to make their passions like, you know, their life and their career. And so, yeah, it's your joy and your smile as you're talking about it is just like, you know, warms my heart. <laughs> um, and then so... Besides that, you know, like if you could just tell me a little bit about like how you found this organization and, you know, your introduction to it and maybe, you know, some of the work you were initially doing when you started here, as well as like what you're what you're doing more now. So working and like being an intern for Wazork, I it all started actually in January 2019 when I first got here as an intern because I applied for a scholarship, actually. Um, wait, actually, let me take that back. 2018, I did my open water certification. I came down here to Tila with like a bunch of classmates and people from my college and my university class. And we did our open water here. And I remember that I was completely mesmerized. I was like, I need to do this more times. I need to keep diving. I need to just keep doing this. And like, how can I make more of this? And then luckily we had a presentation from Wazork staff members at the time for the college class and whatnot. And they, t they told us about the organization. And as soon as I heard about everything that they were doing, I was like, I need to be I need to be them where I, I need to help them. I, I, I just needed to be a part of it in some point. So um, I found out that they had an internship program, like a scholarship program, I'm sorry. And it was only for endurance. So I just went ahead and applied. And thankfully, I got it. And the scholarship includes like getting trained all the way up to dive master and then doing like a three month uh, internship with the center. So I got that. I came here January 2019, started as an intern, um, then took on the dive master, then did my research assistant. And I just loved the entire experience here. That was six months of my life that I look back on super fondly. I learned so much. My world was just expanded to ways that I didn't even think could be possible. I engaged in really, really meaningful interactions with people in the in the, in the world of diving and also the world of marine conservation. So that has been great. And then thankfully a little angel was at the time my boss decided to hire me, not let me go. She was really happy with um, our experience together and like how I worked and I really liked being here. And then she was like, yeah, we can't let you go. Here's a job. And I was like, yes, hell yes. <laughs> so I of course took on the job and I took on the role as community outreach coordinator and since then, um, I would describe my role as kind of building bridges with the community, um, between the center and the community. Uh, I mostly do that through um, visits to the local schools, um, try to introduce a little bit of environmental education, also a little bit about whale shark awareness, also engaging with the local communities in ways that you can make them a little bit more aware of the impact on the ecosystem that they live so close to. And introduce them because a lot of people, even though they're from here, they still don't know what's going on in the ocean. Some of them have never even snorkeled. They don't really like to be in the, in the water. So I like to kind of instill in them that passion for the ocean because they're the ones that can 
will end up protecting it and like working for it. So that's pretty much what I have been doing and it's close to two years now and it has been absolutely fantastic. Yes. That's awesome. And I think it would be remiss of either of us to, 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 to not also talk about the fact that, you know, you, like you said, there's so many amazing people involved with, with the center. Um, and they were working here, but of course, like we're in the year of COVID, right? And so uh, several of them for for reasons, you know, largely outside of their control um, are not here right now. So, I mean, I, you mentioned the community outreach you do, you mentioned your, your, your title and your role, but, but also, I mean, you're pretty much running the show right now. <laughs> like, you know, again, you have support and people that are still involved, but, but, uh, but yeah, like you're, I know for instance, um, doing the internship, um, managing that, uh, can you, can you talk a little bit more about the internship, what it entails in case any of our listeners might be interested? Yes. And like you said, while I'm at it, I've had a lot of support, um, shout out to Joe and James in the UK. Um, and yeah, right now we are actually lucky enough to be hosting the first internship program since March. And like you said, due to COVID, um, our March group unfortunately had, had to cut their internship short. And then because of different circumstances, our uh, UK staff members had to find their way back home early March, also around May as well. So yeah. We started an internship again, and although things are a little bit different, I think we've managed to still make this a really amazing experience, not only for the interns, but also for myself. Um, the Wazork Marine Conservation Internship is pretty much getting the individuals that want to get a career in marine conservation involved in all our research and community outreach activities. Um, currently, we work with Whale Shark Monitoring, which is our biggest component, as we are the Whale Shark and Oceanic Research Center. Um, a lot of that we do, we record information from sightings whenever we go out and there's a whale shark sighting. We record all of the relevant data from those and then that's entered into a database. Um, also, we do lionfish containment, which uh, we mostly do through removal dives. We go on dives to typically unmarked sites and we remove as many lionfish as we can. And every person that participates in this has to have a license. And then once we remove them from the reef, we bring them back to the center and we hold dissections, which you saw a little bit about yesterday. Um, we dissect every single fish that we collect and we open them up to see what they have inside of their stomachs because lionfish are an invasive species here in the Caribbean that are super detrimental to the ecosystem. So we often find other species of fish, um, shrimp, other forms of life, like little lobsters, um, and just pretty much any fish that you will see on the reef can be found in the stomach of a lionfish. So we do our part in trying to remove them, but also collect relevant or important biological information to also in the future have that to go back to. Um, we also do coral restoration, and we have recently teamed up with an organization on the island to kind of like join forces and continue to try to restore or recover our coral reefs, which unfortunately have suffered a lot. As you know, we recently underwent two hurricanes and that damaged the reef a lot, especially like what, from what I've seen on this, on the harbor, 
a lot of coral rubble, a lot of like broken colonies. So we're also working on uh, coral restoration. And similarly, we are also doing mangrove restoration. We are trying to um, recover that habitat that has been lost due to deforestation, destruction, fires, um, urban development, and all those things. So we also work on that. And then community outreach is another huge thing of what we do here at the center, which I am the head of. And our interns pretty much become involved in all of that. And then they also get um, Caribbean species identification workshops for fish, coral, and reef-associated organisms. They also get really complete lectures about um, coastal ecosystems, introduction to coastal ecosystems, coral reefs and threats, climate change, um, and a lot of other things. So if you are an aspiring marine conservationist and you kind of want to build up your resume, consider Resorc. Fantastic. I, you know, again, like I, I've been observing kind of from the sidelines and, uh, one of my close friends here is part of the, part of the program right now. Uh, so I've seen, you know, her learning so much and, you know, like we, we dive together, uh, like, you know, at least a few times a week. And, you know, I have to admit, like, I am pretty jealous as like, I come back from a dive and I'm like, I think I saw a manta ray. And she's like, that is a, and she names like five scientific words for the species and then names the, tons of coral it's been swimming around and what its behaviors are so yeah just like what you what you learn and kind of what extra context I think that adds to you whether this is your passion and you want to go into marine biology or whether you're just like a recreational scuba diver and you want to know what you're seeing and you want to help be part of the solution and spread that knowledge to maybe non-divers or people who are new to diving. Uh, it's really, I think, a fantastic opportunity. Also, because one of your main focuses within this is the community. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of engaging the local community and how you do that? Of course. Um, I personally think that it is super important to not only involve the local community, but also find ways to get them fully engaged with conservation objectives. And I also think that it is important as a conservation organization to create the means and tools um, by which they can become empowered in their roles. Um, it is the local community that will be either benefited or affected by whatever happens to the ecosystems. So it is important to get them involved and engaged and to create that empowerment that I have been mentioning. Um, a lot of what we do um, is try to get to them through different ways. As I mentioned earlier, through education is one of the ways in which we get to the people the most. Um, I think that a lot of people think that there's a saying out of sight, out of mind. And I feel like a lot of people can think like that about the ocean because they're not diving every day. They're not seeing what's under there, what's under the surface. So they don't really know um, what's at, at stake and how it's been affected and how much we've lost in just a couple decades. So I think it's important to bring that to people's homes, bring that into people's minds, bring that to the schools. Um, and wherever people are, just get them to become a little bit more aware about the ocean. Um, how, as a local community, as an island, they're affecting the, we are affecting the ecosystem. 
And you cannot expect people to make changes or to come up with solutions if they do not know that a problem exists. So I think that that is one of the most important things that we need to do is kind of like shine a light on an issue, but also work together to build solutions and like create solutions to actually eventually, hopefully solve all those problems. Yeah, my studies are in public policy. And I mean, one of the first things that you learn in that field is just unless you're engaging the people who are in some ways, the you don't want them to be the recipients of a policy that someone far away thought was a good idea, because A, it might not actually be a good idea, which happens all too often. And then B, unless they have engagement in process and in like deciding what the solution is, you know, that there's no buy-in that you need to actually make it sustainable over the long term. So very, very, very inspiring. Uh, I just wanted to touch on, you said you've been passionate about the ocean since you were a little girl, obviously learned more over the years as you've worked towards, you know, becoming a marine biologist and now working on this project for the last couple of years. And what are some of the challenges that you've seen, you know, kind of with your own eyes that you've observed um, that maybe make you feel sad and then also anything on the other side that you know may make makes you feel hopeful whether it's things you've seen or experienced or or been part of i think in my personal experience one of the things that has been the most challenging stems from a little bit in indifference slash ignorance um so as I mentioned earlier, sometimes people don't realize just what is what is happening. So that is ignorance. But then once you know about it and you choose not to do anything about it, that is indifference. So I think that is a huge thing. And that is sometimes often a setback when it comes to conservation initiatives. And it can be seen in pretty much every level of social life it's seen in the government you can see it in within families you can see it in like a regular citizen so i think that is also super challenging sometimes you're trying to come up with solutions and like we have ngos we have organizations small or big that are trying to make changes that are trying to find solutions find alternatives involve the community but also save the environment and then we're often met with you know walls of like bureaucracy or other things so sometimes that it like definitely rules and laws exist for a reason but I think that we need a little bit more leeway and our leaders also people who are in these positions of power also need to be educated about what is going on so that there is a better perception of the problem now on the other hand and this is like more of a global example I think people are becoming a bit more aware, at least from what I see um, through social media, through the news, through talking to people from different parts of the world, it seems that the current generation is a little bit more aware of the problems. They're not only aware, but they want to make a change. I see younger people, younger than me, people are like super interested in the ocean. They want to save the ocean. They want to save a specific species or they're involved in like environmental education. And I think one of the most inspiring things for me is the youth's involvement. We've seen like the um, school strike for climate, like what uh, Greta is doing. That is, I think is super inspiring. And that brings a lot of hope to me. Um, The young people that are involved with her. And even here on Utila, when you speak to the young children and like young adults, 
they they want to know they want to know what's going on they're trying to find ways to get involved um even in the dive industry as well they're also trying to get involved and i think that is super inspiring and especially in utila and for hondurans for me to see fellow hondurans and especially girls i think that's also super inspiring and it's hopeful it brings me hope I've observed the same thing where it's just like, it does feel like almost a generational shift, which, <laughs> and and on the other hand, it almost feels like there's this clock that's like ticking down and it's like, can we, can this generation like get into positions of power and be impactful, you know, quickly enough to like, you know, help slow down and reverse and restore a lot of these things. And I, I also feel hopeful, even though there's of course, some some sad moments and sad sad experiences along the way well you know i'm so grateful for your time andrea and and if we could just wrap up with uh you telling people how they can find out more about the project or social media or anything you want to share and then any just final thought that you have for for our listeners and, and any uh, maybe encouragement or or something you have for them Yes. Yeah, so for the Whale Shark and Oceanic Research Center, you can find us on our website, www.wsorc, no, www.wsorc.org. Um, on Instagram, we are at wazork underscore life. And on Facebook, you can find us as the Whale Shark and Oceanic Research Center and parentheses wazork. And and just just I know I mentioned it at the beginning, but for for Wazork, can you just spell that out in letters so that people know for sure? Yeah. So Wazork is W S O R C. Um, so our website is that. Our Instagram is at Wazork underscore Life, and on Facebook, as I already mentioned, Whale Shark and Oceanic Research Center (parentheses Wazork). And oh. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. I'm Memoir of a Mermaid on Instagram or Andrea Godoy Mendoza on Facebook. And for anyone listening, if you want to pursue a career in marine biology or marine conservation, or you just want to know more about the ocean and help out however you can, um, I want to let you know that you can't do it. You don't necessarily have to have a degree. You don't necessarily have to have like a super complete background as long as you want to do things and you want to help the ocean you can definitely be an agent of change I think that is super important to say and follow your dreams I a lot of people when I went into college they were like you're never going to get a job as a biologist you're never going to be and now look at me this is my little wink wink to them <laughs> but yeah um, follow your dreams work hard persevere and you will achieve great great things and if any Honduran or Latin Latina girl is listening to this and you want to pursue a career in marine conservation you can do it don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do it thank you so much Andrea thank you just feeling very inspired and yeah uh, please you know make sure to sure to reach out to this uh, organization they're doing really incredible work and um, Andrea pleasure speaking with thank you today you <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Reef Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to add us on Instagram at Reef Roundup for news about the ocean, inspiring stories, and more. You can also find more about us as well as our guests at reefroundup.com. 
we release a new episode every two weeks. See you soon. soon. <laughs>